0: You're listening to From the Sea Up, a podcast from the Island Institute. I'm Galen Coke.
1: So I'll give you like the, the nickel tour that I give the tourists and I'll give you the special tour. Okay. On top of that, okay. But just a fair warning, um, active pier, so, you know, keep, a, keep your head on a swivel. You never know what's going to happen.
0: It's a steamy day in early July and I'm at Beals Lobster Pier in Southwest Harbor getting a tour of the business from dock manager, Justin Snyder.
1: Working, working wharf. So lobster boats are all out here. Uh, They'll come directly to us. Um, So we, you know, main regulations, we, we buy six days a week, can't buy on Sundays in the summertime.
0: Maine's tourist season is just beginning. And before lunchtime, the restaurant's decks and picnic tables are already teeming with patrons.
1: Yeah, I've been here six, seven years. It gets busier every year. Every every year. I drive in or ride in from Trenton every day and I get to see firsthand the amount of cars that are coming from the mainland to go onto the island and it's busier every year. And this weekend being July 4th weekend when we're recording this is um, you know the, the official kickoff of the season for us and that's when we'll really know and take a temperature of what we're looking at.
0: Southwest Harbor is on the western side of Mount Desert Island, MDI. This is the side of the island referred to by locals as the quiet side. The town sits just to the west of Soames Sound, the five-mile-long fjord that divides the island, creating its recognizable horseshoe shape. To the east of the sound is Acadia National Park and the town of Bar Harbor.
1: So we're standing right smack in the middle of Southwest Harbor. Uh, What we're facing right now, we're facing due west uh, here. So down this way here, that is uh, Beach Hill Mountains, right there, Uh, one of my favorite. Is Beach Mountain right there.
0: When you think of Mount Desert Island, the first thing that comes to mind is, most likely, not working waterfronts or commercial fishing. MDI is a destination for hiking, for beautiful views, for kitschy but classic seafood restaurants, and even for cruise ships. It's one of Maine's summer playgrounds. The Maine coast has been attracting summer visitors and vacationers for well over a century. And Southwest Harbor was one of the very first summer destinations on MDI. Just after the Civil War, this town of fishermen and lumbermen became a popular seasonal residence for rich out-of-staters. It's a familiar story in many of Maine's famous coastal towns. There are locals and there are summer people. And both groups have generations-long histories. In many towns, longtime summer residents are fully integrated into the community. They serve on boards and donate to local charities. Maine's attraction as a summer destination has buoyed these small communities, supporting the working class and enabling rural communities to thrive. But the pressure has increased in recent years, with more and more summer visitors flocking to vacation land every year. Acadia National Park and Bar Harbor are two of the state's most heavily trafficked tourist destinations. With around 4 million visitors in 2021 and 2022, Acadia National Park is one of the top 10 most visited national parks in the country. That steady increase in summer visitors means that even on the quiet side of Mount Desert Island, there's been a lot more activity. Despite the increasing pressures of tourism, Southwest Harbor has maintained its working waterfront and limited unwanted development. And they've done this while somehow still welcoming the hordes of tourists every summer. So, how did they pull off this seemingly impossible accomplishment? Well, they used the tools of small governance and took advantage of funds and grants available within the state of Maine. Southwest Harbor developed a comprehensive plan, established a land use ordinance, and worked with the Maine Coastal Program to fund a harbor management plan. These tools basically help the town define its vision for the future and balance waterfront access, meaning that Southwest Harbor is both a tourist destination and a thriving working waterfront. In this episode, we'll visit two legacy businesses in Southwest Harbor, Beals Lobster Pier and Hinckley Yacht Services. These businesses have been here for almost a century. They're protected by zoning and by a town culture that supports water-dependent uses. In this episode, we'll hear about how Southwest Harbor has protected its mixed-use waterfront, and about the ongoing challenges that come with an increased demand for Maine's waterfront and resources. Beals Lobster Pier personifies Southwest Harbor's two personalities. It's a destination with its classic shingle siding, red umbrellas, and buttery lobster rolls. It is summer in Maine. And it's a working wharf and has been since 1932. Dock manager Justin Snyder said that, really, not a lot has changed in Beale's 90 years on the waterfront.
1: So we're looking at about 25 to 30 loyal fishermen that come to us every day uh, in the busy part of the season. Uh, we sell bait, we sell fuel, and we buy lobsters every day. Also crab, scallops, it tuna and swordfish as well, on top of that. Fishermen come in, we weigh their product right here on our float and uh, write them a carbon copy slip, just like the old days, uh, fill them up, give them some supply if they need it, and around and around we go. And during the season we're looking at about 500 to 750,000 pounds of lobsters we'll buy and process in house. Um, and uh, that's that's how it all starts right out here at the float.
0: Businesses like Beale's Lobster straddle fishing and tourism in a unique way. It's a combination of industries that is quintessentially Maine. The restaurant at Beale's is seasonal, open from May to mid-October, and overlooks the docks and floats where fishermen sell their catch. Visitors come to Acadia National Park for the vistas, but they come to Beale's Lobster for what Justin calls the show.
1: Which is, you know, seeing the lobsters come in and the sorting and the picking and the cooking and really get that real Maine working waterfront experience.
0: Beals Lobster Pier is in Southwest Harbor's Commercial Fisheries slash Maritime Activities Zone, or the CFMA Zoning District. This zone is restricted to businesses that relate to commercial fisheries. Beals Lobster is a buying station, and there's also processing happening here. Lobster and crab are cooked on site, picked and packaged, or sold in the restaurant. The dock is open year-round. Fishermen sell catch all year, and patrons can buy live or cooked lobsters or get seafood shipped across the country. Justin Snyder isn't from Maine. He's what Mainers refer to as a person from away. But he's proud that Beals Lobster is continuing a legacy. Beals Lobster Pier has always been a family business, and now it's his family's business.
1: Uh, We were restaurant customers here first. That's how we discovered Beals.
0: Justin's uncle bought Beals Lobster about 10 years ago. And before the purchase, was a summer visitor to Southwest Harbor for decades. He spent the rest of the year living in New York City.
1: And just for that long, 30, 40 years, um, that turned into a love affair, not just with um, you know, Beals or Southwest Harbor, but also the island in general and, of course, Acadia National Park. Um, and then when the opportunity arose, my uncle and another family uh, got together and uh, bought the place with the promise of maintaining what was already here, continuing the tradition of the working waterfront and a 90-year brand that has been here, um, just bringing it up to um, you know, modernization and uh, increasing the marketing and setting it up for the next 100 years.
0: Nestled between the Coast Guard station, working town piers, and multiple marine-related industries, Beals Lobster is located on the northern side of Southwest Harbor's inner harbor, the small harbor where most of the town's waterfront traffic and activity happens.
1: Some other working uh, waterfront businesses here. We've got Downeast Diesel, which is renowned in this area for fantastic work that they do on diesel engines for most of our fishermen here. Uh, The Lower Town Dock is right next to us, pretty great neighbor, uh, owned by obviously the town and taxpayers of Southwest Harbor.
0: There's also a marine parts store, a grocery store within walking distance, and the town piers. A functioning, practical working waterfront has more than just water access. It has vessel services, parts stores, cranes, lifts, ramps, and parking.
1: When you look out into Southwest Harbor, what really sets this harbor apart from all the other harbors on this island, you can tell that there are not a lot of pleasure boats in this harbor. This truly is what I call uh, the blue-collar harbor. This is where all the fishermen are. This is the largest, one of the largest, uh, I think it's top ten now southwest, uh, in in producing lobster in the state. So you come out here, this is a true working man's, uh, working person's harbor.
0: Southwest Harbor's working harbor is intentional. The town has both a comprehensive plan and a harbor management plan. These plans serve different purposes. Comprehensive plans dictate policy, while a harbor management plan provides a vision for the future of the waterfront, based on feasibility or vulnerability studies. Both documents engage community members to think critically about what the town can look like, and they help municipal officials plan and adapt. Southwest Harbor has mixed-use zoning that allows for commercial waterfront access, access for boat builders, and space for residential development, hotels, and public water access. That zoning is defined in the town's land use ordinance, which was developed first in the early 1990s. Southwest Harbor has some condominiums, but that development is restricted to certain zones. The public wharves and land zoned for marine industry would be extremely hard, if almost impossible, to develop on
1: we have a select board in southwest harbor um, and we have luos land use ordinances and things like that Um, so for anybody to have to build here on this coastline and purchase anything they would have to go through the town to change that land use from working waterfront to something else Um, And I can tell you with the way the history and the tradition of this town and this harbor as a working man's harbor, as a fishing harbor, first and foremost, it's going to be very difficult for any developer to come in here and say, well, I'm going to buy Down East Diesel or I'm going to buy the old Oceanarium or I'm going to buy uh, Beals or whatever, and I'm going to change it into a condo complex or a hotel or, or, you know, a cottage or a mansion or whatever you want to call it. It's going to be very, very difficult for those folks to do that uh, in this town.
0: Since 1969, main cities and towns have had what's called Home Rule Authority. This means that they have ordinance powers that the state does not. The Department of Environmental Protection requires municipalities to adopt mandatory shoreland zoning regulations. Those regulations protect natural resources, but they don't address a community's needs or values around waterfront usage. Maine's coast is made up of 144 individual communities, and these communities have specific needs and face specific challenges. Many rural towns in the eastern part of the state don't even have a town planner, let alone a comprehensive plan. So detailed, forward-thinking zoning is scarce. Southwest Harbor is able to balance uses and needs, waterfront access and tourism, and dramatic seasonal shifts in demand and use of the waterfront because the town has invested time, energy, and resources into policy, zoning, and future visioning. There are state programs that offer funding to towns for the development of plans, for vulnerability studies, and even for construction and engineering projects. If you're curious about more of those programs, We've included a list of resources at the end of this podcast. One program in the state is the Maine Coastal Program at the Department of Marine Resources. That program helps towns plan for the future, whether that's through harbor management plans or helping towns assess vulnerabilities related to sea level rise, flooding, and storm surge. Kathleen Layden is the director of the Maine Coastal Program.
2: Southwest Harbor was the recipient of a Shore and Harbor Planning Grant. And um, with their working waterfront zoning, um, they've long been an example of taking
0: that approach. The grants offered by the Maine Coastal Program are available to municipalities, groups of municipalities, regional planning committees, coastal councils of government, and tribes. They do require matching funds, and once received, that funding can be used to pay subcontractors and experts. For example, if a town wanted to rebuild a pier, they could apply for a grant and hire an engineer to assess and plan the rebuild. The construction of the design would require an additional grant, and there are other funding sources within the state for that kind of thing. Melissa Britch is a senior planner at the Maine Coastal Programme. One of her roles is to help connect communities to funding opportunities.
2: I only started earlier this year, but one thing I've been thinking about is how to get information out to people. Because there are a lot of resources, a lot of different grants, a lot of different information coming from different sources and different state agencies. So trying to condense it, clarify it, make it easier for towns to figure out what resources exist and how they can actually get them and take advantage of them. And there are also other nonprofits in the state and different groups that are also trying to do the same thing. So trying to kind of help fill that gap so the town manager who also wears five other hats can hopefully get connected to these resources and be able to do a reasonably good project.
0: In order to plan and manage coastal resources the way that Southwest Harbor has, a town needs to know how to apply for funding and where to look for it. Because creating a comprehensive plan is an incredibly challenging task. A lot of towns don't have one. The Maine Coastal Program allows towns to apply for the Shore and Harbor Grant without an official comprehensive plan. Our take on it
2: is we want to give them the space to do even just a little bit of planning rather than get stuck
0: on having to do the whole comprehensive plan. The Maine Coastal Program does administer other grants, like the Coastal Community Grant, that require a comprehensive plan. But the Shore and Harbor Grant can be a first step for visioning and planning for coastal towns. Here's Kathleen Laden. So harbor management isn't
2: typically regulatory. If there's zoning involved, it really needs to be according to a policy statement.
0: While harbor management plans don't dictate policy or regulations, they can help communities navigate issues. They can suggest recommended action items or subjects that require further investigation by the town, harbor master, or harbor committee. In 2017, when a large cruise ship, the Pearl Mist, wanted to anchor in Southwest Harbor, the harbor plan could act as a reference point for town officials. Written in 2016, the plan outlines how shoreside infrastructure can't support a large influx of passengers, how docking facilities are already at capacity, and how Main Street traffic at the height of the season is already an issue. And so, in 2017, when the question about cruise ships in the harbor came up, the Harbor Committee voted to ban all passenger vessels with more than 49 overnight guests. For Justin Snyder, policy decisions like this one signal what Southwest Harbor's priorities and values are.
1: One thing I love about this town is they stand behind their fishery, they stand behind their tradition, and they stand behind the history about what's going on here, what has gone on here for hundreds of years. And I think we can safely say that the working waterfront in this harbor is not going anywhere. Not at all, at least not as long as I'm here, because I'm gonna be a staunch uh, proponent of maintaining uh, that for sure.
0: The town of Southwest Harbor continues to support public and commercial access to the water, shoreside infrastructure, and marine businesses. But that doesn't mean all of the issues are solved. There are some variables that a town can't control, like the number of people who want to visit every summer, or the amount of workers available to meet the demand of a busier summer season. Just across the harbor from Beals Lobster is a Southwest Harbor institution, Hinkley Yacht Services. This zone of the waterfront is the harbor zone, where both maritime and residential uses are permitted. At Hinckley, the pressures of increased visitorship show up all year long. When I visited Hinckley in May, well before the tourist season, the boatyard was abuzz with activity, readying for the arrival of recreational boaters. So how many boats are you like typically launching this time of year? We're probably gonna
3: launch about 275. Okay, wow. Yep. Yeah, which is a, a, a tall order to get done in May and June.
0: That's Kirk Ritter, Hinckley's general manager. Hinckley is a world-renowned name, making, primarily, recreational and pleasure boats. Hinckley has been on the waterfront here in Southwest Harbor for over 90 years.
3: We, we have 60, around 60 people working here, and I think only three or four of us actually live on MDI. Um, everybody else lives off-island and commutes down.
0: As a classic Hinckley picnic boat is launched into the cold waters of the inner harbor, John Hart, the boatyard's operations manager, tells me about his commute from off-island.
1: When I first started here, almost everybody worked here, was a resident on the island. And now it seems, like myself, many of us, we live off-island and travel half hour, 45 minutes. Some people live in Bangor and travel down here.
0: In the summer and into the fall, when traffic going in and out of Mount Desert Island bottlenecks, that commute can double.
1: The afternoons are horrible. Yeah, that's a challenge to get home. With road construction, accidents, volume of traffic that comes here on this, in the summer months, it can be an hour, hour and a half to get home from here. would they say last year there were 3 million people that came to this island? I think four. Four? Yeah. I, That's incredible to have that many people coming to this small of an area. And the only way in is on that bridge, one way in, one way out. To have that many people, that's astounding. And uh, it doesn't seem to slow. It seems to increase year by year. Yeah.
0: That increase in visitors and summer residents to Maine and Mount Desert Island means an increase in boaters. During the first summer of the pandemic in 2020, there were less recreational boaters, sometimes called cruisers, on the water. But in the years since, it's been steadily increasing. And more cruisers means more boats to launch and haul out in the fall, more services during the summer months, and more winter work, which is primarily maintenance and upkeep. Here's Kirk Ritter.
3: To me, it's a unique time in history where the demand is so high um, but the, uh, that we just cannot get enough workforce to meet the demand. The, the backlog in production is large uh, largest it's ever been. I, I think if you order a boat now, depending on which line it runs down, it's, you're, it's a good two-year wait uh, to, to get the boat. Um, for you know the, the larger custom boats, it, it, I think it's even more than that.
0: There are some issues for working waterfront towns and businesses that can't be addressed by local municipalities. Hinkley has 60 employees in Southwest Harbor, at The Yard, and 200 in Trenton, at its manufacturing facility. And in an article with Yahoo Sports, Kirk Ritter stated that Hinckley would love to increase their workforce by 10 to 15% in the coming year. But in Maine, there's been a steady decline in training programs for marine trades.
3: All of this stuff, there, there aren't really, it's not like you, there aren't a lot of schools that you can go to to learn this. Um, You know, there used to be, you know, one in eSport and different ones scattered about the coast. But primarily, most of the people in this industry um, have been taught on site. Um, And, uh, you know, we're we're definitely feeling the pinch of that. And we need to be talking to kids in high school that um, want to stay local, that want to work with their hands, that want a career. you know, doing things that they did, that they like, and yeah. um, so just trying to work more with local high schools and and uh, like HCTC Hancock County Technical, and um, you know trying to see what kids are interested.
0: Kirk relies on skilled labor: electricians, mechanics, and boat builders. Even if those trained workers were clamoring at his door. There's limited housing on the main coast, and most employees face long commutes through congested roadways. These are bigger issues than municipalities can address, and these issues take visioning on a state level. Some of that work is happening. The state has its own plan, the Main Economic Development Strategy, which is, for a nerd like me, deeply enjoyable reading. The plan outlines strategies to increase workforce training and attract people to the state by increasing wages and employment opportunities. Many of these strategies still need to be implemented. And in the meantime, main employers, from restaurant owners to boatyard managers to lobster boat captains, are left with job openings that they can't fill. For Justin Snyder, dock manager at Beals Lobster, the strains of a depleted workforce are felt most acutely during the summer months. Maine communities are under a lot of pressure for a very short amount of time.
1: We are very, very much reliant on the 16 weeks, what uh, we affectionately call the 16 weeks, which is June to September. You know, that, that time frame, um, late June to, to September, is very important. And uh, not just for the lobstermen, but for the hotels and for the restaurants and for, for all the trinket shops up and down Route 1, it's, it's very important.
0: We rely on these 16 weeks of summertime, They are economically crucial to the state. In 2021, tourists spent $7.9 billion in Maine. In Southwest Harbor, town officials and community members have worked really hard to identify values like waterfront access and commercial zones. They've worked to preserve the legacy and heritage that has kept a place like Beals Lobster Pier open and operating since 1932. But harbor management plans and comprehensive plans can't control traffic patterns on state roads or create a workforce that is trained in the marine trades. And in order for the seasonal businesses and Maine's tourism economy to sustain, there need to be thriving year-round communities where Maine's workers can live, raise families, and participate in community planning.
1: So there's got to be some kind of a conversation between the state of Maine, leaders in Augusta, and other folks to really how we're going to, you know, take care of this. I think it's it's really easy for folks to complain about the, the stressful times in the summertime, but all deep down we're all on the same team, we all know that without the summer, you know, there's not much there for us outside of that.
0: With so many tourists and summer residents visiting Maine every year, the quiet side of MDI might be a thing of the past. But even if it's not as quiet anymore, Southwest Harbor will always be a working waterfront. Or at least, that's the plan. Thank you for listening to From the Sea Up. For more information about funding, planning, workforce training, and other offerings and programs within the state of Maine, please visit www.islandinstitute.org podcast and navigate to this episode's webpage. This episode was written and produced by me, Galen Koch, and assistant producer Olivia Jolly for the Island Institute. Nicole Wolfe takes the photographs that accompany this episode. From the CUP's senior editors are Isaac Kestenbaum and Josie Holtzman. Thanks to Justin Snyder and Beals Lobster, Kirk Ritter, John Hart, and Hinkley Yacht Services, and Melissa Britch and Kathleen Layden of the Maine Coastal Program for their participation in this episode. Most of the music in this episode is by Q Shop. You can hear more of their tunes at www.cue-shop.com. From the Sea Up is made possible by the Fund for Maine Islands through a partnership between Island Institute, College of the Atlantic, Maine Sea Grant, and the First Coast. To hear past episodes and for more information, visit www.islandinstitute.org podcast.